Hey, guys. Huh. Check this out. Hello and welcome to Check This Out, a podcast where we take an analytical view of the media that appeals to us as individuals and why. I am Elle, your host, and with me today is special guest and enemy of the show, Jeremy. Enemy of the show. I like that. Hello. I, I mean, you're basically giving me homework, so That's what, what's that if not an enemy? That's a fair point. So, if you would, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more, a little bit about you. So, uh, my name is Jeremy Thomas. Uh, I am the head editor for 411 Mania, a pop culture news site, opinion site, cover wrestling, movies, uh, MMA, games, etc. I am also a, a regular player in the Final Show films, many actual plays and other such ventures that we do. Um, I have been a fan of... Uh, that's It sounds silly to say, because who isn't? But I've been a fan of, of media and entertainment for, for, for a very long time, but specifically, um, specifically film. Um, other stuff too, comics, I'm a huge comics buff, and basically geek culture. Um, uh, and uh, my love for it sort of got me into writing about it professionally, um, and, then, and then progressing from there. Um, yeah. So it's a, a decently sized part of your hobbies, one would say? It's pretty much like I think about in one form or another whether whether it's whether it's movies it's very often movies but uh or or television or 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 comics or uh gaming or wrestling or something like i pretty much am 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 focused on it uh, uh most of my waking hours whether it's because i'm i'm working or i'm off of work and now it's time to fire up Netflix or HBO Max or uh, YouTube or something to to watch something or play something. So yeah, it's it's pretty much all I do. <laughs> I mean, fair enough, but yeah. Yep. So you're bringing something to the table that you enjoy and are passionate about. Um, could you tell us a little bit about it in your own words? Yes. So when when this idea was first brought up. Um, uh, as as an as an idea for for a show and and L started taking uh, you started taking solicitations. I had literally like my brain overloaded. Um, there because there's so many things that I love. I uh, I love recommending stuff. I love saying, hey, this is something that you should see. This is something that's awesome. Um, and I generally try to be really. I focus a lot on the things that I love, and I don't focus as much on the on the things that I that I that I dislike. Although you know, we still have to. But 
amongst all the lists, and I thought of a lot of really big, iconic stuff, like Casablanca, which is one of my absolute favorite films, or um, uh, I, I was thinking about the X-Men, uh, uh, the recent X-Men, House of X, Powers of, of Ten uh, event, or so many stuff, but the thing that I zeroed in on is one of my favorite underrated, underwatched movies. And this is absolutely, this would be probably a top 15, 20 film of all time for me. And that movie is uh, Catherine Bigelow's 1995 uh, sci-fi noir tech thriller A Strange Dates. Um, I saw this movie I want to say 2000, 2001, something like that. Uh, so a little while after it had come out. And when it came out, it was it was not well-liked uh, uh, critically. It absolutely bombed as a film. Uh, and most people ne- didn't, didn't give it much more than a moment's thought. Uh, it was... And this was obviously years before Catherine Bigelow became the the director of films like The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, and you know a lot of a lot of award winning films that made her huge. Um, mm. But it was when I saw this film, I absolutely fell in love with it because of so many aspects. I love. I'm a big fan of noir. And I'm a big fan of neo-noir when it's done right. Uh, a lot of films do it wrong. But this film has everything in my mind in terms of uh, what makes a really good uh, uh, noir and, and tech-noir film. Uh, it has the, the incredibly flawed protagonist. It has the femme fatale. It has uh, uh, the the very distinctive visual palette that plays in a lot of of light and dark and that sort of thing. It has a twisty plot that keeps you guessing uh, all the way through, and it has a lot to say. Surprisingly, and watching it, I haven't seen it in probably uh, six or seven years. Uh, rewatching a lot that is incredibly relevant in the very current and past like several months era. Um, so uh. yeah, uh, and so it, it's a film I, I I just instantly fell in love and actually made me appreciate the idea of neo noir a, a lot more. And so when it was a film that very much informed my seeing movies as something more than just entertainment. There were other films that did this for me, but but Strange Days very much did. And if you look at for people who watch our our, our actual plays, if you look at a lot of my characters. I'm not ashamed to say that there are elements of of the lead character uh, uh, played brilliantly by by Ray Fine, uh, Lenny, in a lot of the characters that I play. 
Uh, it's been a ridiculous influence on me over the years. Uh, so when it w this was instantly like, you know, the big ones we can uh, I, I I I can try to make you try to make you you watch those ones later. But this was the one where I was like, yeah, this is this is absolutely a film because I love showing people this film because most people have never seen it. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't even heard of it. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty common. People are like, "Strange Days." You mean the Doors song? And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." It's y watch this. Um, be prepared for some things, and there are probably some content warnings that, that if we get into that stuff, um, that that should be done because this is this is made in a in a different era than now, um, <laughs> and. Hmm. The, it, it covers a lot of things in terms of uh, content warning for there, there's sexual assault in the film. Um, there is a whole lot of nudity. Um, there is. Oh, oh no! How will I survive? Yes, I know. Um, but there, there is a fair amount of of uh, sexual violence. And there is a fair amount of racially tinged violence in this. Um, so, so, so keep those uh, listeners keep those in mind if you you know. Um, so yeah, that was what really made this the film for me. Not not those, you know what hmm. I mean? Yeah, I just can't get enough of the uh, checks list sex violence. Right. Yeah. So I have a list of questions here designed to just sort of probe a little deeper into that enjoyment of yours, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. So, so go ahead. Question one. Imagine I was someone who'd just been awoken from a coma or resurrected from being frozen in ice or, you know, like a toilet magically gifted sentience by some malevolent wizard or something like that. Essentially, I know what media is. I've just never experienced any. So how would you explain Strange Days without, like, uh, linking it to anything else? Oh, God. Um, that's a really good question. Um, I would describe it as a mystery about an inc a mystery story about a incredibly flawed man um who used to be I'm assuming in this case we we're, we're, we're familiar with the basic tenets of society and things like that mm. um who is, used to be a police officer and is is not anymore for for reasons that are explain that are Explain later in the film who lives in a world where the the millennium is about the the new millennium is about to happen it's 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 christmas eve or uh, new year's eve uh nineteen ninety nine and there's a technology that exists that allows you to see literally experience what people are what what people are seeing if they wear it and that brings the, that that 
technology which is blacklisted at this point or, or illegal um, he deals in it now and that puts him in a situation when one of his one of the people he knows uh, uh, comes to him with a panicked uh, says there's something that she needs to she needs to show him um, and that sets him on a course of a mystery set against the whole chaos of the new millennium while also mm. trying to get past some serious issues in his life. Fair enough. I think, without going into the entire plot, Oh, yeah. That leave some surprise. Would yeah, that would be sort of how I would describe it. Cool. So, question two. Hypothetically, our positions are reversed, and I'm guesting on your immensely popular and award-winning podcast, and I've just answered question one with that response verbatim. What is the part that resonated most with you? With me? Um... I'm going to say the the part that instantly intrigues me. There's a lot that there's a lot in there that obviously this being something that I love those sort of hit with me, but the thing that is the that that would intrigue me would be the technology. And I think in in this movie that's the hook, right? That's the that's that's sort of the gimmick mm. that that allows the story to go through. Um, because that sounds intriguing. Every, all the rest of that, well, well, in the movie, it does it, it. It it it's fantastic and very well played. All that you can see in other stuff, like th that. That yeah. sort of describes the noir story as a whole, right? Um, that that's something different and unique. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Okay, that uh, that's something that I could check out. Hmm. Cool. So, question three. So, obviously, this is something that you care about. Mm -hmm. uh, what got you to give it a chance even in the first place? Oh, man. Um, at the time, I was... And, and this is, you know, 21 years ago, something like that. Um, so, so... The specific details are fuzzy, but at the time, um, I was really starting to, like I said, this I was really starting to get into film more as like uh, something that was beyond just entertainment. Um, I had in 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 uh, college, which had been a few years before this, I had taken a film studies class just as an elective. And 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 that it sort of started me on on that trend a little bit, um, and so after a little delay, I started getting into. I started watching a lot more. Like I I I I believe I watched my first foreign film at that point, which 
I know for a lot of people right now, people who who are are a fair bit younger than me, uh, that that might sound a little bit stranger now, but you didn't have that capability. God, I sound old. Um, uh, don't worry, I still have my blockbuster card. You're like, in good company. Like ah, <laughs> uh, blockbuster. Um, but I I wasn't. You couldn't just go out and find these art house un undiscovered movies. Um, you could find them in the video store. You could find them in the Blockbuster, or the Hollywood Video uh, is the is the other one. Everybody remembers Blockbuster. Nobody remembers Hollywood Video. Um, I mean, we we had Video Easy here, but yeah, yeah, same same thing. No one ever remembers them. Yeah. Or, or you know, you could go to one of those places, but that's sort of like the, you know, in the eighties with VHS tapes, um, and, and the big appeal at that point. The thing that the the thing that really made VHS uh, take off, and specifically horror v- VHS uh, uh, rentals take off, was these really really cool. Um, uh, uh, DVD or, or VHS covers and I remember I was walking through I was walking through through Blockbuster or Hollywood Video or whichever it was I legitimately don't remember um, looking for something to watch and I would always like every every couple times a week probably I would be in there I spent far more of my of my monthly income than I probably should have uh, uh, on rentals, and I was looking around and I came across the cover of the Strange Days, uh, and the cover of Strange Days it just has um, it has Ray Fines on it, um, and. I believe, if I remember correctly, it had it had Ray Fiennes, Angela Bassett, and Juliette Lewis. And I knew Juliette Lewis because I was twenty years old in twenty four in in two thousand. So of course I knew who Juliette Lewis was, and I knew Ray Fiennes because of uh, Schindler's List. And I wasn't quite as familiar with Angela Bassett yet. I don't think. Because I'd never seen What's Love Got to Do With It, which, which was her breakout film, and, and a couple of her movies that had come out after that. But it was them over this, like, vision of, like, the, the, the end New Year's Eve party. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. And I knew Strange Days, obviously, from the Doors mo- song. I was like, huh, okay, mm. yeah, I'll check it out. And it was literally that kind of a discovery. And then I took it home, I watched it, and... That may have the rest been, is history. That may have been one of those movie, one of those things that I rented from a video store, um, that I did not return and ended up paying for. Um, because because of course you you lost it on your way to return it, like the the good soul that you are. Of course, exactly that and Final yeah. Fantasy Tactics being being one of the other ones, because you could not find that game in the sto- in the stores anywhere. 
uh, because it was it, it was so underproduced, and I specifically rented that. I'm a horrible person. I specifically rented that game from Hollywood with video with the express intention of never returning it. So for all the bosses that are out there from Hollywood video potentially listening to this, which one was it? <laughs> I don't think they care at this point, but it was in, it was in Beaverton, Oregon. No, Hillsborough. It was in Hillsborough. <laughs> Ah, there you go. So there you go, CEOs. You know where to find him. To be fair, there were like six or seven Hollywood videos in, in Hillsborough, so... So it might take a little bit of work. I'm sorry, CEOs. Work. It's fine. I paid for it. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. If get, Stay if tuned. I knocked on my, if I get a knock on my door with somebody with a, with, with a body cam and a, and a Hollywood video name tag, I'll know that I'm in trouble. And I'll know that this podcast is a success. So bright futures ahead yes. for most. <laughs> so I, I think I might know the answer to this question, but I do still want to ask it. Okay. So question four. For some people, a sense of like-mindedness and community is integral to their enjoyment of something. So to your knowledge, is there a Strange Days community? And if so, what are they like? You know, I don't know that there's a specific Strange Days community. I, I suspect not because it's such an odd duck. But there is a very strong neo-noir and tech-noir community um there are there are people who who absolutely adore the genre and it is one of those i think sort of overlooked and underappreciated genres and i'll be honest and i'm sorry for for all those all those my fellow tech-noir fans that are out there we're kind of a pretentious lot um which is really the case with any kind of like absolute film passionate person. Like you have to be a little bit pretentious to be to to go and and spend long periods of time talking about the composition of the shots and uh, the 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 deep thematic elements and the the film illusions, which which. All of these things are very wrapped up in the idea of noir. Noir is a very savvy and sort of meta-genre. Uh, and plays by very specific but weirdly defined rules. Uh, so, so there is there is definitely a, 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 a fan base and community out there. Um, I love them. They sometimes get a little wrapped up in the details, uh, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't say it's specific around strange days, though. Unfortunately, mm. yeah, no. I mean, as I said, I kind of anticipated yeah. that being the answer, but I mean, I got more out of it than I planned. Fair. So, question five: There are a lot of aspects of media that lean differently with different people. What was your favorite part of it? Of this movie? Um, yeah. Wow. Like, I could go off on a 
on a hundred different things. I love, and I get why uh, why why this doesn't work for some people because it's a very potential nausea inducing. But I love the first person sequences. I love they had they actually had to construct a very special camera to film those sequences um, because you know this wasn't the days of being able to. You know, shoot that stuff with an iPhone. They 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 had to make an actual camera that would very much approximate the idea of of seeing something literally through someone's eyes in very chaotic situations, not like the Michael Myers, uh, you know, slow stalking mm. kind of thing. Um, I love or like the the GoPro of like skate videos or, like or whatever GoPro or things like that. Yeah, um, I love that. I love the. Uh, I, I absolutely adore it. There is one thing, which is what you asked. Um, I would say when I... Fr- actually, I will say two things. One thing when I first watched it, and one thing now. Because my appreciation of certain aspects of it have really grown. Um, <clears throat> the thing that I loved when I first saw it, more than anything, and I still absolutely adore it, is Ray Fine's performance as Lenny. Um, he is the absolutely, you can see an absolute through line between Sam, uh, uh, Humphrey Bogart's uh, uh, sort of flawed Sam Spade, uh, uh, Rick from, from Casablanca, um, uh, his character in Treasure of Sierra Madre. He was very good at playing those flawed, damaged characters who are protagonists, but they don't always do the right things. Um, up through uh, uh, Jack Nicholson's character in Chinatown, very much the same kind of thing, to Lenny, where he is an asshole. There's no other way to put it. Uh, he's a very charming asshole, and you can see why he why he's successful at what he does. Successful being a qualified term here. Um, yeah. But but he's charming to the point that you kind of want to look past all of his absolutely horrible flaws. Um, and you're able to do that just long enough until you understand why the, he's the way that he is. Which, I think the film's very good at not excusing that. Um, it never tries to paint Lenny as a hero. But it does paint him as somebody who's ultimately able to try and do the right thing. And so that kind of character, that's catnip for me. Um, and and that's he's one of my favorite versions of that. Not to put too fine a point on the other aspect, but he is also very much that character specifically was also very this movie this whole movie is very much a big part of my development of of my sexuality too um there are a lot for for, for a bi guy or or by 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 anyone um there is a lot to make you potentially realize it and I had already realized at this point but there is a lot to 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 really that it brings to the table. Let's put it that way. 
Um, a lot of the potential like awakening moments. Oh yeah, yes. Um, what I appreciate now more than I did at the time, and I, it's hard not to recognize it because this is so. It's it's not it's not subtext. It's overt text. There's no. It, it's literally the plot of the movie. But super text. Yeah, super text is. This movie is ridiculously prescient in terms of understanding and, and and telling a story. And I think it's one of the one of the few flaws of the movies. I don't think it does quite enough with it. Um, but understanding and 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 depicting and uh, uh, touching on police brutality and uh, and uh, things like the Black Lives Matter movement and um, mm. things like that. The way, like watching this again, I hadn't seen this movie for probably, I don't know, between five and seven years. Uh, maybe even longer. And watching it like it was it was something it addresses all that stuff very on the nose uh, the idea of the only way that this kind of stuff could possibly end up coming to light is because it was filmed by someone um, and how easy it is to, avo- to, 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 to tamp down on all that stuff um and I think Angela Bassett's character is is deals with that stuff in a really really fantastic way, and that's why I, I, I this film has gone undergone I would say over the past ten to fifteen years a little bit of a reappreciation, and I feel like it deserves it even more of that because Bigelow. And the and the scriptwriters whose who their names escape me at the moment, but also Bigelow and for those who don't know, Catherine Bigelow at the time was married to James Cameron, and James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow did a lot of work on this script. Cameron worked on the romance parts, and Bigelow worked on the grit and the 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 socially relevant stuff in this story. And so the way that she addressed that, I I think is really really good, and I, I I adore the film for how it even if it isn't entirely successful in that, it's trying in 1995. Like that's huge to me. Mm. Yeah, I I do have to apologize because as soon as you said Bigelow, I just thought of Bam Bam. Yeah, it's like, no, wow, fair. He, he did well. Yeah, no, absolutely fair. So, question six. Uh, following on from the previous question, what do you think I'll enjoy the most out of it? I think, so, when I was thinking about this film, you, from what I've seen of the stuff that you enjoy, um... You are a fan of uh, uh, potentially. I mean, you know, it has to be handled right. But you are a fan of characters making morally questionable choices. 
uh, you're a fan of of uh, sort of darker stuff from time to time, and I thought that stuff might resonate well. Uh, you all, uh, you also from 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 the amount that we've talked about, you know, stuff that you've that we've played together in. Uh, you enjoy a good mystery. Um. And 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 plot twist. So I thought that 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 the noir aspect of it might might appeal to you pretty well. Fair enough. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, question seven. So if I do enjoy this because of your outstanding recommendation, what is your number one follow up? It doesn't need to be a sequel or anything. It's just if I wanted a little bit more of the same. Ooh. I mean, the first one, I think that this is the most obvious and anybody who's familiar with Strange Days would probably go to this first because I think Strange Days was criticized as being a, a, a bit of a rip-off of it in some ways. I would ask if you've seen Blade Runner because Blade Runner is very similar. It is, it's, it, it's a tech-noir film. In, in every aspect of it, um, Ooh. it's gorgeous. Blade Runner and I have Blade Runner and I have a bit of history. Okay, that's fair. Um, outside of that, I would say, God, um, I would say. Trying to think if there's any really good found footage uh, noir films, and nothing is hugely nothing is hugely occurring to me. Honestly, probably the first thing that came to mind would come to my mind outside of Blade Runner because it's not tech, but it also follows in a lot of these same kinds of sequences, and I understand why people are not okay with this film because it is a Roman Polanski film. And Roman Polanski carries a whole lot of baggage, and there's a whole big question about you know whether you support art by by abhorrent people. But I would say Chinatown because it is very similar kind of thing, specifically in terms of it is a it is a flawed individual um, who is kind of hard boiled. And, and and has sort of a, a a callous view of looking at the world who gets involved in a situation where he is incredibly over his head it is not afraid to go to to some pretty dark places and it has fantastic performances and it is a gorgeous movie so i would i would say that would probably be be my recommendation Cool. Uh, so question eight is about your favorite character, which I think we might have covered at some yes. point. So if that's all right with you, may we skip this one? Yeah, absolutely. I will really quick also give a shout out, though, to, to Angela Bassett, who plays uh, uh, Mace, um, because she is an... Uh, well, where where Lenny is the Lenny is the absolute fuck up who's stumbling his way towards potentially making good decisions. Um, Lornette uh, Mace is the character who 
is the moral backbone of this film and is sort of Lenny's conscience. Uh, and she... I mean, she just kicks ass throughout the entire movie. Hmm. Fair enough. So, question nine, and this is my last question of okay. this session. So, there are a lot of interviews that lean on the question of what would you bring with you if you were stranded on a desert island? Mm -hmm. But that's not this show. What we ask instead is to imagine that you're not only stuck on a desert island with no chance of rescue, but that choice of what to bring with you has been made, and it's strange days. Okay. How often do you rewatch it, and how long does it take you to get sick of it? Oh. That's sort of a tough question. I would, I would be rewatching it a lot. The thing about this movie is, and I, like I said, it holds up, I think, thematically very, very well. Um, I don't know how well that plays on a desert island, but the thing about Noir and the thing of why I haven't seen it in several years is that Noir and, and, and it generally relies on a lot of the mystery. And obviously mystery stories, there's a lot, there's a lot of initial rewatch value because you can go back and see, okay, when did I see this here and this shocking thing that happened? Is there evidence for this here? It's like, it's the it's the sixth sense idea, or it's the um, knives out uh, sort of thing, where you know it, it definitely encourages rewatch, but those can have diminishing returns. So I feel mm. like I would. Pace myself, knowing that I would pace myself on this, and I would watch it. Uh, I would try to watch it maybe. I don't know, monthly. I do feel like it would take a while for me to get sick of it. Um, just because, if nothing else, I can appreciate the performances, and um. And it's got a kick-ass score and some really good performances by Juliette Lewis, who's actually singing songs by Kate Bush. Um, so hmm. I feel like it would take me a little while to get sick of it. Uh, I'm watching monthly, let's say a few years. Cool. I mean, that just makes a, a testament to the fact that it's something that you you are passionate about. For sure, Yes. So, thank you for entertaining my silly questions, and hopefully that's given people a bit of a deeper insight into your interest and your enjoyment. Yeah, hopefully so. It's a hell of a movie. So, now, before I completely bring down the show rating with my noted negative charisma, it is time for the best part of the show, and everyone else's favourite, a word from the sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Truly a bright light in these dark times. So normally this is where I would do my review of what was brought up last week, except this is the first episode and I have nothing to review. So instead, I get to answer one. And Jeremy, I believe you have the questions provided to you. Yes. 
Um, so, imagine this was the first media I'm seeing. How would you describe it? So, I guess I should introduce what I'm bringing to yes. the table then. Yes. I am talking about a manga series, uh, manga, Japanese cartoons, basically, comics. Okay. Uh, Sumire 16 Sai. Okay. It's, uh, it was published in 2006 and ran about, what, 50-odd chapters before ending and then tying back into the prequel, which is the sequel, which is a weird thing altogether. Right. Okay. So if this was the first piece of thing, uh, first piece of media you're seeing, it is the story of a perfectly ordinary schoolgirl who makes friends and goes to school with a perfectly normal life, except that schoolgirl is a puppet driven by an old man in a black suit that no one else is allowed to pay attention to. Oh, wow. Interesting. All right. So, if somebody had just described that to you in that exact way, and you'd never seen it before, what would be the thing that most stood out in there? The... I, I was going to say the fact that the main character is a puppet, but the fact that there's someone that they're not allowed to acknowledge, mm -hmm. I think, is the more interesting thing. Yeah, no, that's fair. That, that, that is a hook. Um, it's a hell of a hook. So... What was your what's your history with this? What when what made you check this out? I'd been sort of reading some other series just sort of floating in around the community mm -hmm. and uh on the something awful forums there happened to be a thread for the surreal daily life series. Okay. So it's like just everything normal except there's a subtle tweak. Okay. It's like, oh, maybe there's this one series where it's a normal school except one character is a ghost. Right. Or like it's in a child's imagination the entire time, but they go from the outset under that premise. Right. And just the reactions of people to the first image which from memory is uh, she's offering someone a lift on her bike and saying, oh, you just hop up behind me, except that's where the old man is sitting. Huh. So it, it could be read as uh, try and sit on this old man's lap, ha-ha. Right. But it's just like, what, what are you talking about? There's no one behind me. It's an empty seat. Come on, we're going to be late for school. Oh, that man see stuff like that is why I love I love uh I love Japanese stories because it's it's such anyway yeah that 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 is I can see why that got you to try it for sure 
Um, like it's all ventriloquism as well. So it's just like, uh, it's a life-size puppet. It's not like a little lap puppet. Right. So yeah, he's doing the whole thing and it's just like, what do you, there's no old man. I'm a perfectly normal girl. How dare you call me an old man? Wow. Yeah. Yep. That, that, that is, that is a huck. Um, so outside of obviously the, the something awful forum, um, and this is anime, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a few assumptions um what is what is the community that surrounds this like if there is one i I honestly don't think there is because it is a little bit of the outside of the norm mm-hmm. it, it's not like the whole super powered beat 'em up series like Dragon Ball Z or right. uh like my hero academia or anything like that it's just kind of off to the side on its own mm-hmm. and as far as I can tell it's very hard to find published copies okay and the series ended like just on a perfect note there is no need to continue or like go further with it it's just like yep ties up perfectly end of story interesting um Cool. It, it sounds to me like it's one of those. Um, God, I can't remember the, what's the name of the what's the name of the 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 manga series that is. It's it's that surrealist horror one that is all about the spirals. Uh, Uzumaki. Yes, Uzumaki. Although I imagine it's a, I know there's a dedicated fan base to that one, so it's probably a little yeah. a little more obscure than that. But still, you even most manga people you 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 ask them. They might be familiar with Uzumaki, but you don't find a lot of people who have actually read it and 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 are familiar with it. They just know it's that weird spiral move. Uh, yeah, I I think people might be more interested with uh, familiar with, not interested with um, the Enigma of Amigara Fault, which is the one where the all the holes shaped like people appear in the mountains. Yep. yep. Fair. Just as a casual like observer of it, right? So, what about what about this? Is your favorite part of it? Okay, <laughs> so there is a part where I'm already Eddie... excited about this based on that reaction. As with most like high school series, there's a transfer student that comes in. Okay. He is also a puppet. Okay. So the two puppets develop a rivalry and the puppeteers end up accidentally swapping. Dang. And because they are so they are so dedicated to their craft, they do not swap back just to make it easier on themselves. So they treat it as like a body swap episode. Oh my god. They're like, oh, well, maybe we bumped heads. Let's go try it again and see if we can get our bodies back. Oh, that's delightful. It, oh, God, it just remembering it, it's just, I'm smiling and everything all over again. It's great. 
Okay, okay. Well, I now know what I think I'll enjoy the most out of it, because uh, I love a good body swap episode. But what of what in this do you think I'm going to enjoy the most? There are moments where the facade of the puppet fades away to to outside observers, mm-hmm. and they see her as a real girl because she's making such a connection with them. And I honestly think that would be the part that would get you the most, is that there's depth of characters to be had. Very cool. Yeah, no, that would that that would also be a that would be a big appeal. I'm yeah. Um so assuming that I end up uh enjoying this. What would you say stemming off of this? If I wanted to see, if I was like, if I came back, it's like more, more of this. What would you suggest immediately? I mean, the obvious answer is the sequel slash prequel. Okay. Because this was actually published second, whereas the sequel was published first. Okay. But I don't think I would actually recommend that. Okay. What what I would recommend instead is a series called Sakamoto Desuka, or uh, Don't You Know I'm Sakamoto. Right. Is the series of a boy who is just utterly perfect and stylish and graceful in every single thing he does to an absurd degree. Okay. So instead of uh, like just dodging the the trap that's been set up on the door to have the other kids make fun of him, right. he catches it and sculpts like a snowman out of the dust. <laughs> okay. And they don't notice until later that he's actually signed it like Picasso or something. <laughs> okay. Like you, you like you've heard of being extra, right? This is. So far above being extra. That's awesome. Also, I am very glad that <coughs> uh, that that my that that my years of Japanese in high school. Um, uh, we won't say how many years ago that was. Um, are, are still holding strong because I rem- I I I was able to translate that title. Um, So what is your favorite character in this? So she develops a group of friends because that's what you do in school and you make friends. Right. But it's like the traditional like four character like party essentially. Okay. Uh, My favorite has to be uh, Mizuki which is the sort of the uh, bookworm quiet character who's just like, this is ridiculous. Why on earth do we have to have a puppet in our class? I just want to study. And through that friendship ends up like coming out of her shell. Okay. Very cool. It's like she laughs for the first time in years because of her. And she's like, wow, that actually felt good. I haven't laughed in so long. Right on. 
And what in what in the whole of it is is your favorite moment, your favorite scene, your favorite dialogue piece, your 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 favorite panel, whatever the case may be. The the maths teacher, I think, is a, so dedicated, like so on the logic of mathematics and sound fundamentals and everything that just the fact of having a puppet in a class breaks her brain. Like she refuses to play along with the whole charade, mm -hmm. but ends up falling in love with the puppeteer. Okay. So basically anytime she overloads, she like screams out like Pythagoras or like starts rattling off a formula or something and just starts destroying stuff. Yep, I can absolutely see why that's that that would be your favorite. Yep, legit. Um So uh final question. Uh if if you're stuck on a desert island, um or you know, it could be any you if you are stuck on the moon with an in infinite supply of oxygen. Um or 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 stuck underground a uh, uh, post-nuclear war. I like to think outside the box in that that terms of that yeah. sort of thing. The the immortal style problem, except it's me. Exactly. Um, and and this is what this is this is your thing uh, that you ended up having with you. Um, how how much would you consume it? How much would you read it? And how much would Samira 16 say? When would you? At what point would you be done with it? Yeah, see, this is a tricky one for me because I I tend to remember narratives pretty well, so it takes me a while to forget enough to re-engage with something. Okay. I, I would. I think I would go. I would probably go like weekly at first for a little bit, mm -hmm. but then I would want to space it out. I would say maybe even yearly. Okay. And to the point where I'm done with it, or yeah, I, I would vary based on how, like how often I would be doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh because oh, if it's yearly obviously it's like oh well it will take like a decade but if it's weekly it's like well give me a month right so in that respect have you did have you reread this recently and did you find because I know there's you know viewing stuff you can pick up on stuff or you can appreciate certain aspects that, that you couldn't is that couldn't before is there a lot of that that takes place in this, or is it pretty much on the surface? I mean, surrealism, I would guess not, but... it It's played fairly straight, I think. Okay. Because the, the story is told over the, the three years of high school, right. because that's how the Japanese system works. Right. Except, except the last year is, like, done in one page. 
Okay. Be- because I think the publishers sort of cut the series. It's like, look, we, we, we'll give you one more issue, wrap it up. Right. Which is a bit of a shame because it does feel rushed at the end. But you, you get the you get the full gist out of it. Okay. Fair. Cool. It sounds interesting. Cool. I'm, I'm definitely I'm intrigued. I will have to uh, find a link for you. Yeah, for sure. So before we wrap up this, the final ever episode of Check This Out of this recording session, and the first time that I've ever made that joke, can we tell the people a little bit more about where where we can find you online and if you have anything to plug? Uh, Yeah, you can find me both... um... The, the main place you can find me is 411mania.com uh, I am I, I, I work there uh, I write for the site I edit for the site um, I, I kind of do I moderate comments for the site kind of do everything for uh, uh, there uh, six days a week um, if you want to see my, my I do uh, a lot of film reviews, a lot of horror as of late. Um, a lot of a lot of wrestling stuff. Um, so you can find me there. You can find me regularly on the Final Show Films uh, 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 plays, whether it is currently uh, uh, Hunter the Vigil, uh, Terminus Tendency on on that we stream on Wednesdays. A Grand Terra Shadowfront on Thursdays, uh, and split between me running uh, uh, Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus and you running uh, their own My Nightmares on uh, Saturdays. Although that's not streamed, it it, it gets posted uh, after the fact on our podcast feed. Um, and then, if you want to see my mad ramblings about this, that, or the other, which is usually, um, I don't know, I don't even know what my Twitter feed usually is, uh, but you can find me there at, at jthomas411mania, because, you know, branding. Hmm. And I am on Twitter at TrueAntitonic, and on that note, I've been L, And I'm Jeremy. And this has been Check This Out, a podcast of media positivity. And remember, you can pour water off a duck's back, but you can't make it drink. <laughs> <laughs>